I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to Loose Units, the podcast. I'm Paul. That's John. And as we near Christmas, Dad and I thought we'd do something special for you. One of our favorite podcasts is called My Dad Wrote a Porno. It is a wonderful, wonderful show. It's extremely funny. And it's basically this guy, Jamie Morton, and his dad, uh, he found out, was writing uh, pornographic fiction. He was writing uh, erotic fiction. And so Jamie got two of his friends together, and they started to read it on the air. The show went absolutely gangbusters. They've done live shows all over the world. They had an HBO TV special. It is actually one of the best and most popular podcasts of all time. And a couple of years back... I was privileged enough to sit down with Jamie from my dad wrote a porno and talk about the in, and talk about and talk about the ins and outs of recording and working with your dad's stories. We found a lot of common ground, and then at the end, I handed Jamie a a piece of erotic fiction that Dad wrote, that John Verhoeven wrote, and Jamie read it in the fashion of the show. If you haven't heard this one, it is absolutely iconic. Dad, uh, my, my dad wrote a porno recently finished. It actually wrapped up. It's done. Mm. Uh, and we're playing this as a kind of tribute. Mm. How did it feel hearing that story being read for the first time? Well, I would just like to say, mum, dear mum, <laughs> please, in all sincerity, please, mum, please do not listen to this episode. It's cringeworthy and creepy, but for all our other voyeuristic uh, fans, mm. they will probably get off on it. I don't want anyone to think when they hear what I wrote that it pertains to me private, like my personal life, mm-hmm. because it's, it's, it will, it's pretty, it was weird. And I was, and I felt very uncomfortable, uh, but I did listen to it a few weeks ago and I must admit, I did find it thoroughly entertaining. It's very funny. Uh, it was much easier for Jamie, but I think he looked relieved because he and I had gone through almost a bottle of wine each at this point. We were drinking the entire time. Uh, very good Australian wine that I bought as a gift. And by the time we got to the story, Jamie, I think, was so relieved to be reading a cringy dad porn story that his dad hadn't written, that he was sort of having the most fun he'd had in years. So if you're a fan of My Dad Wrote a Porno, please make sure you listen to this. And if you have no idea what you're in for, good luck. This is amazing, by the way. What? Just this whole concept for the show. I love it. Oh, really? It's so cool. Yeah. It's like your dad's a legend. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> save your judgment, because when you read his story, which, um, so my wife, Tegan, yes. um, she got sent dad's story and she got about three paragraphs in and, and she said, I don't feel comfortable reading this anymore. It's upsetting me. And she, <laughs> so, so hold off your judgment on the man until okay, you okay. read his stuff. It feels like we're going now. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Great. We're in it. Welcome to Loose Units. Uh, I have with me Jamie from My Dad Wrote a Porno. I assume everyone knows what My Dad Wrote a Porno is. Um, you shouldn't assume that. 
uh, people get very confused when we're uh, when we're in in a bar or something talking about a show yeah. with my two co-hosts Alice and James, and we're saying so with porno next week. What we should do, and you just see people going, "What the fuck?" Can I really? swear on this? Oh yeah, God, what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, so yeah, and then we're like, "Oh, it's a podcast. It's about my dad who like wrote this book." So not everyone does know. So my dad wrote this book, terrible erotica. Yeah. Called Belinda Blinked. I've got and... a copy right here, actually. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's somehow found its way into print. I don't know how. Um, and we read it out a chapter a week, and it's not actually as filthy as I think people might think. It no, is. for me, the enjoyment comes from the problems with syntax and character. Exactly. And he really can't write. That's that's the biggest problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's put the sex to one side. Spelling, grammar, yeah, characterization, narrative. Yeah. They're, they're my biggest issues, to be honest with you. But it is your dad. It's my dad, and, yeah. I mean, with Loose Units, I'm telling dad stories as well. Um, yes, this is the perfect collab. I think it is. It's a show about dads. Yeah. It's dad time. <laughs> <laughs> but did you... Do you ever get... And I, you said not to go to Oprah, and I'm not going to go to Oprah. <laughs> but something that occurs to me every, like, three months... Yeah. As, you know, as I'm getting interviewed, or as the, the, the you know, we're going well on iTunes, or someone mm-hmm. says something nice about the show, and I just get hit by the, the very real fact that... Like, is it weird for you having a career based around someone else's content? Because I sometimes get, like, a touch of... Not imposter syndrome, because I'm doing something yeah. new with it. But is it, is it... I mean, did you ever think you'd be... Like making a living off your dad's stories? <laughs> no, and neither did my mother, uh, for sure. Um, it's a good question because, yeah, you might feel a bit like that. But I feel like my dad wrote a porno is popular because of a whole range of things. It's not just my dad's books. It's my friendship with Alice and James. They're hilariously funny. Mm. We kind of critique the books together. So I always feel like there's Belinda Blinked and there's my dad wrote a porno. And they are quite different things. Yes. However, I love the fact that I've built this thing with my dad it's great and he's part of the business he's as much part of it as the three of us so it's actually quite nice to have done it together and I guess you, you must find the same like you've done it together yeah it, uh, there's yeah. a sense of achievement in that it's like a little family business but I mean I'm guessing much like you because my dad didn't because I came from a media background yes and I had very, I, but I had lofty ideas of where it could go <laughs> right and, and so I was approaching it from a very, very different angle and I wanted to ask if your dad, like mine, was very naive going in, and how much has the process changed him as a person? <laughs> naive going in? Yeah. He's still naive. He's brilliant. Is he? Well, he was a builder, so he kind of finds the whole thing exciting but ridiculous. Sure. Because the media is ridiculous. And he doesn't quite understand why people are so like emotional <laughs> and like prissy about things, because right. he's so hardline. He's just he's used to being on a building site, so he's like, can we do this, 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 and this, please? And then and everyone's like, we're not used to being spoken in such a forthright <laughs> manner. Like, and I'm like, Dad, you've got to massage people. He's like, why? Like, who cares? Um, so our agents in America and stuff are brilliant with him because they're so opposite to him. Yeah. Um, so he's found it kind of interesting to navigate a whole new industry, which I guess is the same for your dad. Yeah, dad's been really interesting. If you go back and watch the first, because I know Rocky doesn't appear yeah. on camera or on no. mic. No. Which is a really interesting point of departure, whereas my dad mm-hmm. has always been a storyteller. So right. when I was a kid, uh, I would walk in on dinner parties where he was telling groups of people boozed up about a dead body he found. Because <laughs> my dad was a cop in his early 20s. Yeah. And when yeah. we were in our early 20s, I assume you, like me, was just like an artsy, useless fop. Yeah, literally doing... Not, not, not doing much. Not a huge amount. We certainly no. didn't have guns and we weren't chasing <laughs> no. people in cars. <laughs> so dad would tell these stories and I would stagger into this room as a little kid and he would stop telling the story. And so he's always been very much about i think he always wanted to be front and center oh do you think yeah oh, that's interesting so okay. I, th- I think he's a born show off right and so 
throughout the process of the podcast, because the book was very different, right? The book was me sitting down with him uh, in private, getting stories from him and basically turning them into the Princess Bride with guns and car chases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a true story version. And really like using it as building blocks to create something weird sure. and different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the podcast, which has taken off more than we thought it would. Mm, it's uh, huge. It's getting big, which is weird, but it's it's the dad show. And because right. people queue up at the live events to meet my dad. I know. They don't, they this don't is, care about me. Yeah, this is insane. <laughs> my dad does meet and greets for our show. Um, and yeah, people, they just, they literally barge past us and they're like, Rocky, oh my God. <laughs> and they just like tell him all that. It's, and it's so nice because my dad's kind of different. He He isn't really enamored by the whole kind of being front and centre thing. Like, he was very comfortable, I mean, some would say too comfortable, writing pornography. Um, But that was kind of what he wanted to do, and he wrote it under a pseudonym to begin with. Obviously, his real name isn't Rocky Flintstone. Hate to break it to the world. Uh, Spoiler. Um, So kind of when we decided to do the podcast, he was like, yeah, go for it, but just respect the fact that I chose to do this under a pseudonym. Sure. And so far, you know, people have been really respectful of that, and they haven't kind of, you know pride too closely into my dad's kind of psyche which is really nice so he he kind of gets the best of both worlds he gets to kind of be on twitter and show off and be rocky and then he gets mm. to go home and just be you know dad husband but we, we he's i mean husband he's got a wife mm. he's got a mum and and because yeah. my mum met dad on the force so they were both oh, okay. co- they were both cops and for ages mum fought dad on the podcast not stopping him doing it but saying i don't want to make a fuss I don't want my stories out there. Yeah, well, yours are kind of more sensitive because yours are about real people and real sto- like real cases and stuff. But so. sh- surely yours are as well. Like, I'm not saying no, no, I'm not saying Belinda's real. Come on, but there's got to be like <laughs> there has to be a degree. Of, and I know you've expressed this concern in the show occasionally. Because yeah. are you talking about and is your dad talking about his actual sexual desires and fantasies, or is it completely whole cloth fake? Well, for a start, I don't like the, the f word. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> Never say fantasies ever again sure. in relation to my father. Um, well, what's great about Belinda Blink is that these scenarios can't possibly happen. Sure. You can't smoke up someone's arse. So I don't think that that's ever going to be from his life because it's from no one's life because it's impossible. So, and in fact, my mum said, said something quite interesting right at the beginning of the whole thing. She was like, I was just checking in with her after it kind of got a little bit big yeah. midway through season one. It kind of blew up and we were like, oh shit. I just checked in with mum and said, are you okay with it? And she was like, yeah, it's fine, like, whatever. Um, you know, one thing that I'm really comfortable about now is that I know that he's never had an affair because he couldn't have had an affair because yes. he's so inept <laughs> that it's kind of sure. endearing. And I think that's actually why people like the show because it actually isn't about the sex, really, because the sex is so weirdly described. Right. Um, and there is a whole kind of innocence around my dad, which I think is really really sweet and I think that's why it's it's not this threatening pervy old man it's just a quite an inept old guy yeah. not really knowing what's going on yeah I think that you're right which I mean, is comforting for me absolutely and my family I think and it gives you a, like a like a wall of denial yeah if, if, if it was really good ero- that'd be way worse yeah if he was a really good erotic writer that would be horrific to me so you don't think anyone has ever gotten like gotten horned up over your dad's writing Oh, I'm sure they have. I mean, we have got people who come up to us and say that they listen to an episode and then together, <laughs> and then they have to do what happens in that episode really? together in bed. Yeah, which is a fun game. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for every episode, but um, so yeah, the early so, pe- stuff. so people do. Yeah, exactly. It gets yeah, it gets weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, pe- no, people do do it for sure. Uh. But 
it's it's just a bit weird. I just don't think I could. Okay, so Dad and I, I was raised never like we'd never talked about sex in the house. Oh, okay. Were well, you the same, or were you? No, we, we've always been quite a liberal family about that sort of stuff. I think that might have helped me. Yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I've got three sisters. Oh, sure. So there was a lot of talking <laughs> in my house generally. Yeah, yeah. Talking about everything, and actually, it's interesting. Me and my dad are the quietest people at home. Really? There's just the four girls, and they are. I, mean, I saw the movie Little Women the other day. Sure. And I was like, oh my god, that is literally like my childhood. <laughs> it's just all these amazing girls being brilliant, and yeah, the boys being a kind of an afterthought, really. Which maybe is there's something in that as well that dad. Kind of just took himself off to the shed, started writing stuff on his own. That's I don't know. so strange because my dad never had any creative outlets. And right. I still don't think he does. Does he not see the podcast as a creative outlet? I don't know if he does. Mm. I think, okay, so it, the podcast is completely true. Yeah. And full disclosure to listeners, uh, dad heard about this story and he wrote his own erotic story. I am so excited about this. I'm really scared because you- Have you got s- it? Yeah, I've got it with me. Okay, brilliant. We'll do it in a sec. But, I, but dad- <laughs> First of all, I glanced at the first paragraph, and one thing Dad's done that I don't like is that he's... It's about him. Yeah. Oh! Yeah! That's dark, isn't that's, it? That's... Yes. That's difficult. It's really hard. Okay. No pun intended. So, <laughs> and another thing he's done is I don't think... I think he's tried to write something that's sexy. <laughs> I think See, this is the problem. I think he's tried. He's actually trying. It's like karaoke. You need to be a li- little bit shit. Yeah. You Otherwise, know? you're you're judged. You're try hard. Yeah. Exactly. If you tell if you tell people you can sing, yeah. There's, no, there's nothing worse than a kind of seventy-five, eighty percent karaoke singer. Hate it. Yeah. Do you, I have a few of those in you, my. Are you a karaoke life. person? Um. Yeah, but I can't sing a note, so it's fine. Yeah, but that's not karaoke. I'm just really drunk. It's showmanship. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like enthusiasm. <laughs> And, and Rocky clearly, like, pours a lot of effort in, so it doesn't matter if the finesse isn't good. Yes, yeah. So, so as far as, like, I guess the Rocky karaoke version would be, like, singing Don't Wanna Miss a Thing from Armageddon. Yeah. Walking along the table and serenading people. <laughs> but really sloppy. Yeah. Whereas I think my dad is, like, a first-year, like, amateur theatre oh, graduate. Oh, right. But, I mean, I, I don't want to... go at Les Mis, yeah. thinking that he's nailing it. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask about your mum. My mum had her arm twisted and came on the show and did two episodes of stories about her cases. Wow. Is there any chance of your mum's erotic, I'm not going to say the F word, mm. but is your mum, has your mum ever come up to you and said, I've got a story, Jamie, can I tell my story? Categorically, there is 0% <laughs> chance of that happening. And, and is that um, because she knows what happens when that does yeah, happen? She, yeah, she, she, she's learned. She's learned a lesson. No, she doesn't care. My mum's way too busy. And cool doing her own shit. Like, she she finds this whole thing hilarious and a bit of a kind of annoyance in her life. She's like, oh, we're going to have to go to Australia. Okay, fine. Sure. We'll do that for this time, but then we're going to do what I want to do, <laughs> which is kind of a healthy way to look at it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, she's 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 great, but she's, she's not in any way kind of um, into porn at all, really. Oh, good. I actually wanted to ask about listeners. Mm. So I assume that up until... Up until your live shows, your interactions with listeners were fairly abstract because yeah. interacting with people online is an abstract process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you started meeting fans, um, how weird did it get and how fast did it get weird? Like, Because most fans are like the most beautiful people on earth, but yeah. because your show is about something fairly confronting as mine is, yes. I mean, obviously one is very different from the other, mm. but uh, what's the weirdest interaction you've had with a fan that you are allowed oh. to talk about? That, um, 
they're just very open. Right. Which is lovely. Yeah. Because, I mean, you must find this as well. Being a podcaster, there is an intimacy to the medium that people who listen to your show every week really oh. do feel like they know you. Yeah, well, they kind of do. Yeah, well, that's what I always say. Yeah, because... You know, a lot of people are very nervous to meet us, and it's always a bit like, why? You literally know us better than like most of our friends. Like, yes, you but, but, but you us. don't know them, though. No, so there's a weird power imbalance, mm. which, which is always quite difficult to confront, because they are kind of looking at you in some way, and, you're, and it's really hard to to communicate with somebody in an organic way when they know so much about you and you know nothing about them. Yeah. But once you can kind of get over that, people are really, really nice, and... And yeah, just really, they just overshare a lot. We had one the other day, and there's a line in one of the books that he's one character's having sex with Belinda, and and Dad says he she gave him the friction he needed to complete his his ejaculation or something. Yeah. And this woman comes up to us with her boyfriend and goes, "So we were having sex the other day, and he was nearly there." And I said, "Have I given you enough friction to complete your ejaculation?" And he literally went floppy immediately. Wow. Yeah. You killed and he, it. And yeah. He and he had to just like pull out. And they had to just like watch Netflix. It was the saddest end to the story. Jesus. But it proves that my dad's stuff isn't sexy. Even if you're really into it, it's not sexy. Um, and, and someone once told us that they lost their virginity because of the podcast. That was a crazy one. Jesus. Um, yeah, they were really scared about having sex. They, I think they just kind of built it up in their head to be like this big thing. Right. You know, when you're younger and it, it, is, it is a big thing. It and is, then, but, it's, ne- but it's, never, it's never, ever, ever, ever good the first time. No, ever. And I think, but I think people can get in their head about that and, yeah. you know, the expectation and, the, I don't know. Yeah. And they were listening to the show and they realised that actually sex can and should be fun and funny. A hundred percent. It's not the way that people kind of perceive it, especially when you're younger. So, yeah, yeah through them understanding that there's a brevity to sex, they managed to actually have sex for the first time, which is mad. And when someone's telling you that, you're just like... Okay, that's th- that. Thanks for sharing that with me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so it, everyone's always very nice, but they they are just very, um, very intimate with you. They they just tell you really personal stories. I know that there was a um, phenomenon a few years back of Hollywood properties, TV shows, movies being given triple X movie parodies. Yes, yeah. have have you? been approached about a real porn. Yeah, we have. Really? Pornhub got in touch. Really? They asked, yeah. And what Well, we you- were a bit like, have you listened to the podcast? Because I don't <laughs> think you want to make this. Unless you three, <laughs> unless you three, unless it just pauses every 30 seconds. Yeah, and we're just like commenting <laughs> on it. Can you imagine? Well, can a phone a killer. Just have you, okay, have it done on a soundstage and just whip, whip pan <laughs> across to a window for three <laughs> We're just like spying through. Um, yeah, it was just, it was so weird. Cause I was like, I don't like, if we could be responsible for bringing down Pornhub, which we would yeah, sure. if they made those into actual pornos. Um, yeah, I think they just must have heard that it was a successful thing and they wanted a part of it. But You think it's just the money they want? Well, but yeah, but then how does that business model work? I don't even really understand all of that I, I don't stuff. Know. Yeah, because we had actually the, the, a guy called John Ronson, who's a great documentarian on our show, who'd, who'd done a podcast about the porn industry, the real porn industry. Yeah. And about the kind of how Pornhub and all of these free um, sites for porn is just destroying the porn industry and that actually no one can afford to make stuff anymore because it's immediately ripped and put on Pornhub. So I'm, I was a bit like, that's very flattering that you want to make Belinda Blinks the porno, uh, but where are we getting our money out of this? I don't see any, any kind of upside for the viewer mm. or the creator, <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you. So it's kind of a lose-lose, but... It was it was, a, it was very nice to be asked. But you're from the UK. Mm. Uh, I mean, the U in the UK is disputed at this point. <laughs> yeah. But I always thought that the the UK, specifically England, was was very repressed sexually. 
or very like you know like very yeah and is that is that is that completely untrue do you know it's a, it's a it's a really interesting one because i think on one level it is true um but then there's this whole heritage in the uk of this kind of bawdy sex humor yeah like the carry-on movies oh, those yeah. kind of like um all those seaside resorts like blackpool and things where that you know all these postcards are like naked people on a beach there's a real kind of humorous sexual history to the UK which which we'd never really thought about until we started making the show and people ask you about that sort of thing particularly in America yeah and we were thinking about it one day and we were like actually there is an interesting kind of history of that very open sexual expression but I think people think of England as being just the upper classes and people being very, you know, posh and the royal family. And yeah. I'm sure they're, well, they're saying that they're dirtbags as well. So actually, no, I don't think that anybody <laughs> in the UK is particularly prudish, actually. I remember those stories about, like, uh, priests during, you know, the 17th century who would travel to capital cities and they'd had so little physical contact with women that they'd brush up against them in, in like, uh, in rail cars, in railway stations, and just, and just, just jizz their pants. spontaneously come. Yeah, yeah, because they were so... <laughs> there was some, cause when That's you, like the tube. I don't know if you've been on the tube, I had, well, the tube is well, the tube is very round and hard and long, so it's all there. It's basically a phallus in, in of itself. Yeah, but the thing I realised is that by by telling people to not talk about sex, you're constantly talking about sex. Yes. Don't talk about sex, and it brings up this. But by, by pushing people away from that one thing, it's like if you tell people not to light buildings on fire, they suddenly want it. Maybe that's a bad metaphor. <laughs> but I think maybe by repressing English yeah, society, yeah, yeah. you've basically created this entire undercurrent that like everyone just turns into Sid James with a twirling bow tie. Right. Yeah, yeah, that noise, right? And I just think those carry-on films are such... It's just the tip of the iceberg, you know? Oh, for sure. But, you know, we've done a lot of work in America now with this show. And, and how are um, they with sex? Are they repressed? Totally different. Yeah, thank you. Um, can I just say, this bottle is incredible. It's a bottle of wine that has got a woman in a negligee and silk stockings. <laughs> just She's just crouching, waiting to be entered by and, some man at the window. And what's the wine called? Uh, the wine is called... Quickie! Oh, what a gal. Oh, what a gal was quickie. I don't think I understand it, but anyway. That's fine. It's an Aussie thing. Yeah. We are so repressed, by the way. Are you? Well, so this, yeah, so I think America's very repressed. Australia, repre- like, how so? Well, how do you feel? I think maybe it's not that we're repressed. I think we've actually bifurcated down the middle. There's a big word. And we've mm. got, like, at once we've got a very Judeo-Christian, conservative, stalwart, kind of baby boomer-esque approach to things, to yeah. sex, to politics. And then we've got the other direction, but there's no in-between. It's so interesting, because I think we don't have that so much in the UK, because the kind of more conservative wing of our, certainly with our politics and stuff, I mean, every third week, particularly like a few decades ago, you couldn't move for a sex scandal in, in the Conservative Party. Like, the the, 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 the right wing, are the they're like the randy ones. They're the ones that are always getting caught with their trousers down. What happened with the pig? Was that a thing? <laughs> David Cameron and yeah, the pig? Yeah, yeah. Who knows if that's true? Yeah, the story was that when he was at university, I think it was, or maybe even school, I don't know. Sure. He was a member of a very high-class, like, fraternity thing. Yeah. And, yeah, he fucked a pig. Who knows? I mean, it's the sort of thing that no one's surprised at from that kind of sector of society. You're like, oh, sure. Yeah, I, it does strike me as odd that no one pushed back hard on yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was pushing hard on the pig, so... Sure. You know. And, you know, like, um, I was going to make a curly straight joke. That's fine. <laughs> Do you, has this has this show ruined sex for you? Because I don't view police the same anymore. I can't, because I know things about them I didn't know before. Has talking about sex so much... Has it enhanced... I <laughs> enhanced. Yeah. It's so much better now. Yeah. Um, it's an g- interesting question, actually, because I do get asked it a lot. And I don't think it's changed either way. Oh, okay. You would think that it would be 
weird. But then because, I don't know, I think there's the thing about our show, because it's so much bigger than the show now, if that makes sense. What, sex or...? No, just what I'm talking about within the realms of the show. It's not like... Yes. We we, we, we don't really talk about sex that much in the show. It's Mm. about... All the, and, you know, my dad started writing story now, which is kind of interesting. It's not like a spy book. So actually, the sex element is such a small part of the book that it... I know that's the thing that kind of is the hook of the show, but it's actually not the, the, the bulk of the show. So it's not like I talk about sex all the time. No, it's a garnish. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just seasoning. It's, you a know? Dr- it's a dreadful salty seasoning. <laughs> it's horrible salty seasoning. Um, so yeah, I don't think... It, I mean, maybe, but then maybe it has psychologically, I don't know. Um, I'm not asking you. I don't to... think it has. It's an interesting one though, because you because you're right. You would think that it would in some way inform your life in what you're talking about all the time. But yeah. um, and maybe because it's my dad, I'm just like I can't even go there. See, I think what's happened is because your horror at the brazenness of his imagery mm. petered out pretty quickly. There is a, yeah, like I there's 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 like fatigue sets in. There's only so much that you can be shocked by. Yeah. You know, and Dad kind of he nailed that pretty well in season t- by season two. There's yeah. a whole bit where some guy gets a dick transplant and it's like falling off and flaking. And I remember, yeah, yeah, was it blue I mean, cum or something? Blue cum, yeah. Honestly, after that, I was like, do your best, Dad. Like, you, you know, what you, you sound like someone who's come back from war and <laughs> they are so numb, <laughs> so desensitized to the horrors. No, there is some truth in that. I kind of have this. I'm just because even now, like our latest stage show, you know, we're touring around the world with it. Um, that's why I'm here. It is fucking rank, right? People are coming up to me at the end of the show, being like, "That was really rough." <laughs> and there's there's a bit at the end, and you're like, "Fuck me!" I'm just reading it. I mean, okay, I'm a bottle deep in wine yeah. by that point, but I'm still just reading it, kind of like, eh. Because for me, I've maybe just kind of desensitized. I've kind of disconnected. Yeah, um, I have the same thing. Because I find myself running stories by people, mm. and they are horrified. Because there was a story about a girl who got sawn in half by a train, and she's and Dad's holding half of her, and she's still alive for some reason, right? <gasps> and it's a really intense story. I have heard that story. How long was she alive for? About thirty minutes. So Dad's <gasps> with her under the train, cradling this girl, and she's asking for her dad. And then Dad met the dad later on, and then he remembered that my mum was pregnant with uh, me at the time. So it became this horrible cyclical story about fathers and daughters and all this other oh stuff, right? Oh my god! And I just and I first time I heard the story, I was physically ill. Right, it's a different kind of illness to like the the, the sex stories, right? Yeah. And I'm sorry to have the gear yeah, change. Really, kind of changed the, so, uh, the so mood so in the room. Is <laughs> got some more wine. Cheers. Uh, this is a loose unit presented by Buzz Killington. <laughs> but what I will say is that I don't get affected by that story. And don't get me wrong. I yes, I remember right. being affected, so I can tap into that if I need yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if I'm on stage telling the story. I can draw on what it used to feel like to be affected. Yeah, you know when yeah, you yeah. look at a like a tool sh- uh, like a like a wall of tools in like your dad's shed, and there's the silhouettes where the tools are. Yeah, the tool's gone now, but I can tell yeah. by the outline what right. was once there. So, but telling these stories over and over, I have grown so accustomed to the horrors of my dad's stories. Yeah, nothing like dad did, obviously, but I I just can't I can't be affected the way I I am anymore. And so once we get past yeah. the horror of the stories, it's become more it's become less about the um, trying to upset people with graphic imagery, different kind of graphic imagery, obviously. And it's become more about me and my dad telling stories and joking around. Yeah. So as the show's gone on, it's become more it's about... Evolved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't anticipate that happening. Yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to ask you, has your relationship with... And I'm sure you get asked this all the time, mm. but has your relationship with your dad changed and evolved as the show's gone on? 
hugely, actually, mm. and is continuing to, which is really interesting to me. Because yeah, like initially it was it was really odd, yeah, and it was a kind of novel, right? Yeah, and just a bit different. My dad's mental, I should say. Like he's crazy. He's brilliant, but batshit. Sure. Like he's never been like normal, really. If you could, uh, just for listeners. Because I've obviously I've never met Rocky. No. But how would you? Could you compare him to an existing fictional character? Just so I've got an image in my head. Um, he's very similar to. Have you seen Meet the Fockers? Yes. Dustin Hoffman in that movie. Oh, great! Like he's. In fact, my parents are basically Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand in that film. Fantastic. Um, that's very similar to who they are. Sure. Yeah, that's probably the, the most, the closest. Yeah, it has changed, and it's. We've got to a place now where I'm just so enjoying working with him and him coming on tour. This, this is the first time he's been on tour with us. Oh, lovely. And that was... I was kind of really... Not dreading it, but I was apprehensive about it because I was like... I didn't want to kind of revert back to being a sulky teenager and being like, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I found that happening to me on tour as well. You know, because yeah. it, it it's an interesting dynamic, a father and a son. And, mm. you know, my mum's there, which is great as well. But I've just loved having them on the road with us. It's been so much fun. And Alice and James are, have been close to them for, you know, 15 years, whatever. You can tell. So we're all, like, they're basically like my siblings at this point. So it's actually been nice for all of us to kind of do it as a gang oh, and the fact great. that we're all doing it together and that all four of us get to be you know in the theatre and just hear and for my dad just to hear the response that's so on the nice. other side of the world like yeah. he's, at, he's at the Sydney Opera House and he's listening to people cheer his name are I mean you, that's insane are you worried that will change him at all no because he he doesn't care about He's got a really good balance between what's important and what's not even though he people think that he's like this kind of I mean, and he is—he is eccentric, but he knows that none of it's really real. For sure, like Rocky isn't real. You know, the success of this is—you know—it's ephemeral. It's not going to be there forever. He—he—he's just very. Yeah, he's been around the block a few times. I'm sure your dad's the same. It's like, yeah, no, he's not. Is, oh, really? I'm—I'm I'm genuinely concerned that my dad is like going full. You know, they're like the cliches of rock star superstardom, right? Where, <laughs> oh okay, my so, god. So when I was doing stand up, his rider? That's the big question. His rider's insane. It's like it's like all the blue M M&M, and M's, right? And just like a moist <laughs> towel at a specific temperature. But what I worry about is that the. Okay, so your dad has the shield of an alias. Yeah, my dad doesn't. Yeah. So the book literally says John Verhoeven. We changed people's names, but the book is me yeah. talking about my dad. The podcast, suddenly it's just him facing an audience talking about things he did. Hmm. And so he can't hide behind a Rocky Flintstone style yeah. alias. And it's not that I'm concerned that dad will become warped by this, but it's a weird thing to suddenly have crowds baying for you specifically. I do occasionally worry what it must be like to be in your late 50s, early 60s mm. and suddenly be quasi-famous. Yeah. Do, do you ever worry about what will happen when that, if that goes away for Rocky? No, because it will. Because it does for everyone. <laughs> sure. You know, no one's famous forever. And he's not famous, you know. And what's nice about podcasting is that you're in a little, you know, people know about you if they know about you. And if they don't, they'd have no idea who you No, are. you are correct. So yeah. there's a really nice kind of... It's a real community. Yeah. It's not like you're a reality TV show star. Who, we, are, we are chasing the next island yeah. or the next house or whatever. And you haven't done anything and you're, and you're suddenly everywhere. Sure. And there's no judgment on that. Yeah. Um, one of my very good friends is a reality star. And I have no judgment on that at all. But it's just a different way to kind of access that sort of mm. adulation, whatever it is. And I think for Dad, it, he... Because he, he, none of us expected this to be a thing. Obviously, I mean, 
I mean, on paper, it's the most ridiculous success. Like, guy reads dad's terrible porn. I mean, what, yeah, that's going to be a world-beating podcast. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's like, a good. I mean, it's a good. The thing is, it's a good elevator pitch, right? And what, yes, it's concise in yeah. its <laughs> concept. Yeah. Um, but you know, but it's it was net. You know, so what I mean is, we we we. we I mean. Not to sound trite, but like we got into it for the right reasons. Mm. We got into it because we wanted, because we found it funny and we wanted to make people laugh. Yeah, that was it. There was no expectation of it being, you know, of us playing, you know, Radio City Music Hall. That's just happened because of the success of it. It's so delightful, which is lovely. Yeah. but it also means that we don't. Not that we don't care, because that that is you know disingenuous and mm. that's not true. But mm. we aren't affected by it because it, it it was never something that we particularly coveted. So actually. It doesn't like if, if and when it all disappears. Yeah. that was a great ride. How fun was that? Yeah, Dad, let's go to the pub. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it isn't something that we have any expectation of in 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 terms of its longevity or 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 what it, it isn't that like we're feeding off what we're getting from people. Yeah, you know we're very content as a family unit. That won't change whether the podcast is happening or. If people forget about it ever happening, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think as long as you can look at it in that way, but then I have the luxury of, like you say, he's not on stage. He's not because <laughs> it is weird being on stage and having thousands of people, yeah, cheering. It's confronting. Is weird. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and- it's very strange. And I, I've actually found I don't know if you found this, but I've done live shows for ten people and like five thousand. And the thing I've noticed is I find it easier when it's a really big crowd mm-hmm. because it's like for I, sure. I can't even it's, Eddie Izzard did this bit about like if one person dies it's a murder if two it's a tragedy if it's a million you're almost like oh well done because your brain can't yeah you can't comprehend that yeah yes, it's and, not personal anymore it's it, just a exactly. number yeah. and I found that dad's really processing the crowds at our live shows really well but oh god it's such a surreal trip and you're right it's a bubble it is yeah and it, and it is a, such an unnatural state. Yeah. Because, again, it's about that weird power imbalance, which I find... Because I never wanted to be a, a performer in any way. It's not something that's ever been, you know, on my radar <laughs> really? at all. Yeah, not at all. At all? At all. At all. And my best mate said to me once, we did a show for HBO in America, and I was kind of freaking out about it because it was scary. And he was like... And I was like, I don't want you know, people to think that I'm just, you know... Like, what am I doing? I can't present a TV show. Like, And my, and my mate was like, Jamie, no offence but no one's going to think that you're the sort of guy that had always wanted to become famous. You just don't, you don't look like the sort of guy that's been chasing fame, mate. Uh, you can tell, you can tell people who are hungry for it. Um, we've not talked about, we've not talked about sex nearly enough. Um, yes, we've gone very but, deep here, Paul. Like, thank you very geez. much. Balls deep. But this is a, this is a crime podcast as well. So what I wanted yeah, to do. Well, my, my dad's is, my dad's book is true crime, obviously. Oh, the new one is. No, the, all of it. You know, it is a crime of literature and pornography. So it is true crime. What's a crime of? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Passion. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a hard cover. Very hard. So Very hard. I've come up with a game called Horny for Justice. Okay. So I am going to list British crime characters from British TV shows. Oh, great. Okay. And you need to rate them on a scale of one to five on how perverted you think they'd be in the sack. Okay. So what I'm going to do, do is I, I need to know them. Can I, can I can I just go off their name alone, or do I need to know who the characters are? In order to circumvent any awkwardness, there I've got pictures of them for you. Okay. So you can. I'm not a huge. Oh, like some of these crime I am watching. I just I just assumed that everyone in your like geographic orbit had like a genetic memory of these shows. Now well, maybe I have. Maybe I mean I don't watch that much TV, but okay. Well, just just grab the iPad and I want you to swipe each time I give you a new person. Oh, shit, okay. So this is Horny for Justice. You can yeah. see the first person on screen. Okay, yes. so a 1 to 5 rating, and I want you to describe what they would be like in, a, in an intimate setting, okay? Oh, okay. So first up, we've got Inspector Morse. Yes. John Thor, the actor. You are familiar. Um, well, he's a legend. Well, but what, would, like, what would Inspector Morse's... Um... I think he's really actually quite dirty. Really? You, like, he's old, so you'd think he wouldn't be, but I think he's like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm nearly dying. Like I'm just going to go all out. You think as uh, the wolf of oblivion laps at your door, you become less intimidating? Totally, totally. Like he, like I reckon. I don't want to like, lower the tone, but prostitutes. Really, big time. All right. Well, uh, on to the next one. If you want to swipe, okay. Inspector <laughs> Frost. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. Oh, is really? True. Yes, this is David Jason. I know the actors. He's, oh, yeah, of course. Because um, he's he's Del Boy, really. In, right. the, in the in the world of the UK, do you watch Only Fools and Horses? You're familiar with that. Reference? I am vaguely familiar. Okay, institution. Um, but I so, want you. But, but I want you to take like I want you to take him so and him the character as the character. Yeah. What's his name again? The character. Inspector Frost. Frosty. Frosty. He is not going to be. I think he's quite repressed sexually. I mean, he's wearing an anorak. God's sake. Eunuch. Maybe not a eunuch, but maybe he hasn't used it in a while. Sure, right. So it's still. I feel on... maybe maybe I'm getting vibes of like maybe never married, kind of a bit lonely. Sure, um, but like really nice, like nice guy. So just waiting, just waiting for the right woman to come. It's just wrapped up like a Yorkie. It's not. It's <laughs> <laughs> not been used and that to... hat. I mean, yeah. not, he isn't going to get laid in that hat. No. All right. So next we've got um, David Suchet's Poirot. Oh my God. I mean, attention to detail. So Belgian, right? Oh, the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not French. That's an important distinction. Yes. So not as kinky as a Frenchman. What is that thing he says? The little, the little, the grey matter. The you know he he has that thing he says. 
I, I feel like when someone's really detail oriented, do you think that translates to the bedroom? Do you yes. think like I'm talking like gadgets? OCD. Sure. Oh, you mean gadgets? I think like gadgets. Oh, like what? Like what, like really ex- like really technical dildos and things. Well, I mean, no. I mean, think about the time period he's in. They had dildos all the way through history. Yeah, but he's a steam powered at this point. <laughs> it's got a piston. <laughs> Deal with it. Um, it's not the most accurate, but it's got power. His pubes um, are waxed into points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the moustache is is worrying. Yeah, that makes you think that he's he's an, yeah, like you say, attention to detail. Yeah, very trimmed, very precise sure. down there. Um, and Men- yeah, like I think he's 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 probably into it. Men or women or both? He's, he, that's a bit of a both. I think it's a both. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing lots of linens and cream colours. He's kind of suave, isn't he? But he's. But he's also... He's kind of asexual, honestly. Well, he's like a cartoon character. Like, he doesn't, like... That doesn't look like a real person. Well, if you're asking me if I'd fuck the Pink Panther, the answer is emphatic (laughs) yes. (laughs) Every day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I think, like, he's he's into it. Into it all. Yeah, okay. So, one out of five, what would you give him? I, I say four. Yeah, all right. He isn't as big as Thor. Who was John Thor? Who was Inspector Morse? He's yes, a solid five. Okay, great. Uh, we've got Miss oh, Marple. Oh my god! I mean, literally any any iteration of Miss Marple. Now you can either rate her present day old lady Miss Marple, like okay. you know Neighborhood Watch, or yep. you can tell me what you think she used to be like when she was in. Her no, I'm going to go what she's like now. Right now, okay. Because I think she is lovable, sure, but adventurous. So I think she's been with the same guy for a long time. Oh right, but like. She goes there. Right. She's up for new adventures. With the same guy. With the same guy. But is he dead? (laughs) No! (laughs) Is she using crime fighting to stave off... (laughs) (laughs) He's just in a huge... Like tank in her basement. No. Are, you, are you implying there's an off-screen bow for Miss Marple? <laughs> is she famously a spinster? I can I be honest? I've never dived into Miss Marple. However, yeah, one iteration of Miss Marple was played by Angela Lansbury, who I, I mean is a massive. Oh, wow. Yeah, Angela Lansbury. We can we can do a pivot towards um, Jessica Fletcher if you like. She's not British. Oh sure. I actually weird tangent. I actually look, w- w- walked around a country estate house with Angela Lansbury once. Are you serious? She was so nice. Yes. In London, I think no, uh, yeah, I think I think a solid like like two and a half. Okay, like she's stable, yeah, but kind of a bit adventure. Like she wouldn't immediately say no to stuff. You know, she's not just missionary. You know, like she's she's up for things, but nothing too crazy. Right. Okay. But she's open. Is my point? Sure. I mean, not literally. I mean, she might be. Uh, I doubt she's into into anal. That's what I'm saying. Okay. But you're saying maybe. I'm saying she's she's open for the conversation, but it'll never happen. Do you okay. know what I mean? She'll have the conversation. Yeah. All right. Cool. This is normal. Um, we've got Brenda Blethyn <laughs> playing Vera. So Vera is like really... Oh my God. Isn't she from like the Northeast? Debbie Downer. But at right. the same time, she's, cle- she's... she's Okay, so she lives alone in a house on the moors. Her dad was into okay. taxidermy. She's got massive like PTSD issues. Oh, well, she's a fucking... She's at the Tortured Gardens every fucking Saturday night then, isn't she? There's no Torture Garden on the moors. Oh, she'll find one. And right. if there isn't one, she'll, she'll build one. Up. Yeah. Yep. With the taxidermy. They only ever show the one room in the house. Do you know what I mean? There's a back exit, literally she and figuratively. She is not living in a studio apartment. There, is, there are other rooms, and we know what's going on inside there's, those rooms. There are gimps everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, look at her. She's disgusting. She's into it. I can't stand her. Really? No, I mean, she's so filthy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like a sexual pitcher plant. The hair's all poked <laughs> downwards. Once you're in, you can't get out. Yeah, she looks... <laughs> <laughs> and kind of moody. 
Yeah, she's kind of aggressive. Because nothing says fuck me like an anorak. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been to England. Uh, the sexiest of wardrobe. Just spitballing. Okay, next up we have Rumpel of the Bay. Rump. Wow. Now, I like the wig because it will give me something to hang on to. Okay, but this guy's a judge by the looks. Or, or, or like a barrister. He's like high up, like a QC or something. Okay. So he's very like into discipline. Yeah, he looks like he... <laughs> but if you were going to cast like a young, hot Rumpel, who would you cast? Oh. Who voices Paddington? Ben Wishaw? Ben Wishaw. He'd be perfect. You think? Yeah. Oh, okay. Pencil moustache? I was going to go Andrew Scott. Oh, hot priest. Yeah, he'd be good. Well, I mean, uh, right now... He every- can do anything. He can do He's anything. in 1917 and is brilliant in, like, three minutes. I mean, can you imagine, like, a like a two-hour, one-take sex film? <laughs> 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 Just- <laughs> oh, my God. That's on my dad's docket. Don't don't go spoiling the future for no. me. All right. Now, the next one is a real Rorschach test for you. It is the two people walking during the credits of The Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've been confronted with just two pairs of feet. Yeah, but you know, you know. Um, man and a woman. Oh, the bi- the bill. The fucking... now, now you're talking my language. Proper crime. Show. I used to love the bill as a kid. Yeah. I used to watch it all the time. Yeah. Um, my mum hated us watching it. My mum's not big into TV. Sure. She banned us from watching Neighbours and Biker Grove. Really? Yeah. We couldn't watch The Simpsons. We weren't allowed to watch anything that wasn't ABC, the uh, Australian broadcaster. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Well brought up kids. Are we? Look at us. What a disappointment we must be to our parents. So fucking bougie. <laughs> Drinking wine at 11 o'clock in the morning talking about porn. It's grapes. Crime. It's grapes. It's, it's just grape juice, of course. It's a fruit platter. Um, okay, so these. Two, so do we think that these two are together? I'm tra- a man and a woman. The, like I said, Jamie, Rorschach. So you are they walking to somewhere to fuck? Are they... Are they le- I think they're leaving their secret sex nest. Are they cops? So I, yes, but they work in different departments. Oh, really? Yeah. They met during some sort of like weird office party thing. Sure. Did cops have that? Probably. I don't know. And they're trying to keep it hidden, but the problem is she's just had a promotion and she'll be joining his team, but as his superior. <gasps> yeah. Do you think that will make things more interesting in the sack? Well, she's saying this was the last fuck. Oh. They're walking back to the, you know, police station <laughs> after what she's promised will be the last time. Sure. It's not going to be the last time. We know it's not going to be the last time. And he's like, he's accepting it for now. But, you know, he's just going to walk in. She's going to be like his boss. He's not going to be able to handle, you know, his sexual attraction to her. So this one ends in tears. And they meet at the same hotel every time. And at the end of of the fuckery, they walk downstairs and they pay the bill. (laughs) That's why it's called the bill. I love it. Thank you. Now, what I'm going to do now is before we finish up, Mm -hmm. um, I am going to get you to read... If you're amenable. Oh my god, is this the book? The... My dad's dreadful yes. story. Are so you if you just pass me? pass me the iPad. Yeah. Now, um, again, uh, listeners, I'm so obviously, about well, this. the listeners, loose units listeners know dad very well. Yes. This story is called The Wooden Lady, an erotic tale by John Verhoeven. Okay. I'm so, thank you very much, Jamie. I'm so nervous about this. Uh, me too, actually. Why am I so excited about reading it? Well, it's, it's like. It's, he knows that I'm reading it, right? Yeah, he knows. Okay, good, fine. It's a different. You're reading a different dad's dreadful story. Okay. But this is from the mind oh, it's of... it's long. It's long. That's what... Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. It is very long. What? You do- I mean, oh, my God. I told him... gone to town. I told him to keep it in check. But, I mean, you can... John! Do you want to fang it through this? Or, I mean... Uh, no, look. fuck it. I'll just read it blind. Right. Here we go. The wooden lady. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I won't do it in an, in an Aussie accent. Right. I spent a great deal of my early youth watching television. Firstly, on a black and white television called a pie pedigree. 
It's not sexy yet, is it? Not really. The thought of owning or seeing the new fan dangled color oh, the seeing the new fan dangled color television was about as likely as me being able to time travel. It was 1970 when we moved to England for a year, and it was there that I saw colour television for the first time. This is just a whole paragraph on him. It's about him. Watching television. Now, you see what I said, right? Remember I said it's become about Dad, and I think he's internalised that. So he thought, naturally, we want to hear a story about him. Also... (laughs) I do. I know less so. I do too, but also, you'll notice, we've instantly travelled, and we're in England now. Yes. Where Belinda is. And did he really live there for a year? Yeah, he did. Oh, cool. Is this a prequel? (laughs) (laughs) If he meets Bella, if, I'm leaving. Well, my dad's Belinda's dad. <laughs> Belinda's my oh, sister. God. You don't want that. No. I say saw. Well, technically, yes. But it was only really the colour glow emanating from a neighbour's lounge room window at night. Oh, so he didn't have a colour TV himself. Right. I couldn't hear the television. But I really didn't care. Because the one thing I am blessed with is a vivid imagination. Yeah. Yes, John. Yep. I would often stand on the footpath and watch a snippet of some TV show. I would end up interpreting various TV shows to suit my own particular slant on what I perceived to be the storyline. Okay. I certainly didn't care that my storyline invariably had zero to do with the actual theme or script of the BBC or ITV programme. He's going to write a sexy like, TV show. Can I just say I something quickly? Uh, now, Jamie, my, I have ADD. Mm-hmm. And ADHD and a litany of other things. We think my dad might have ADD. Oh. I told him to write a sex story. We. I love that. We. Family meetings but, have been going on for years. We, he's definitely got it. Mate. We are diagnosing off screen. But the thing is, he's not there yet. Like, he's clearly gotten distracted one paragraph yeah. in. Well, true. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to see where this goes. How is the right... Like, is it written okay? It's actually not that badly written. I mean, it's boring, but it's not badly written. <laughs> Put me off my knitting. <laughs> oh, I say it's boring. Now what the fuck has this got to do with the price of fish? Jesus. Nothing I hear you say. John, you're literally speaking my language. But my but my tangential point will reveal itself. For I you see, he's aware that he was on a tangent, so that means that he is a good writer. Sure. I mean, he can write. For I will never forget one winter's night in a village out of Nottingham that while standing on the footpath watching the neighbour's colour television, a naked lady entered the lounge room of the neighbour's house. Oh, wow. She was wearing a see-through and through is spelt T-H-R-U. Is that how you spell it here? Nope. Cool. <laughs> He's just down with the kids. <laughs> it's like text speak. She dabbed her way into the lounge room. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't down with the kids either. No. Uh, she was wearing a, a see-through nightdress, and I will never forget her nipples. Wow. Oh my god, I will never forget her nipples like plumber's thumbs, as the <laughs> saying goes. <laughs> Is that a saying? Plumber's thumbs? Also, it depends on the plumber in question. Exactly, it could be a whole range of thumbs. But what makes this tale more incredible is that on the sofa, hidden from view, was a man sitting with his back to me. The television show, the television show that had me transfixed was now totally irrelevant. The lady, mid-thirties, tall, near six foot, and voluptuous in the extreme, suddenly... Re- there are similarities to my dad's writing. Really? It's that kind of old... Uh, like, they're about the same age, our parents, I think. Uh, my dad's about to turn 60 in like a week. Oh, he, my dad's in his 60s. Right. Then, you know. right. Early 60s, he'd like me to say. Suddenly, she ripped off her nightdress. She began dancing and gyrating in an almost <laughs> hypnotic trance. Her attention solely focused on this guy who was still seated on the sofa. Oh, God. Oh, my God, he's just sat there. 
It could be a body at this point. It's a crime story. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Although I was only 17. Oof. Oh, boy. Although I was only 17, I certainly knew about sex. In fact, I had a friend in a nearby village who showed me my first porn magazine called Health and Efficiency. There's no... That's not a thing. A nudism magazine. Oh, okay. Right, so it's... it's a nudism magazine isn't a porn magazine. You can't fap to a gazette. Beach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I can still recall the lady on the cover of this magazine with her shaven minge. <laughs> and he's been kind and put minge in kind of quotation marks. Oh, sure. The image has remained indelibly etched on my brain. My friend kept the magazine, treasured like gold, hidden in a haystack at a neighbour's farm. What the fuck? Now, a neighbour's farm. We found our first porno uh, hidden in the forest. Do you notice that men used to leave magazines in the woods? That's a weird thing. You did? Is this not a thing in England? We didn't live in the woods. We, I'm, I'm, I'm from Manchester, oh, very sure. very urban area. I got friends from Manchester. Yeah, you're right. It's very grey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no frolicking around in woods, unfortunately. Can't go porno scrumping in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> So when I saw the lady basically having her way with the man sitting on the sofa, the memory of this magazine came flooding back to me. The beautiful, dancing, naked lady was becoming so aroused, she began to perspire, with her glistening body visible to me standing outside. Can she see him? No. (laughs) Or is is she really dancing to your dad? Well, I mean, I'm waiting for the inevitable eye contact moment. Yeah. Now, the question is how much of this is true and how much of it is going to be used as a jumping off point towards something that is fictional (laughs) because I really don't... This feels really self... like It's like autobiographical at this point. Because I don't don't really... I don't want to break that to you, but... I don't want to know about any of this. It's very specific. Yeah, it is. It's worryingly specific. Also, regarding specificity, Jamie, I told Dad, I'm like, come up with a character and he's just ignored that. Oh, my God. So now we're here in my dad's sex flashback together. (laughs) bit weird yeah but you know welcome to my life she took hold of the man's hands oh and i got the impression that she wore the pants ah. she was definitely in control of this unfolding performance the man was just a participant in fact from my vantage point he was mirroring every thrust of her body <laughs> she began to kiss him yeah. like there was no tomorrow and he did not flinch good he is dead i would like to think he oh you're joking no well i mean He's not moving. Because it's a crime thing. He's, oh, no. Is he dead? No, hang on. He was... It looked like he was mirroring every thrust of her body. How can he see that? He's sitting down with his back to him. Well, if he's not dead, I would like to think that he isn't flinching when he gets kissed, because if he was flinching, that would be a problem consensual-wise. Sure. So that's good. The man continued to sit with his back to me on the sofa, but I could see quite clearly that the back of his balding head was shiny. She straddled him, and I assumed, based on what I now know... <laughs> I've done some reading. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know about it, but I do, so it's all good. As long as the author knows what he's talking about. She straddled him, and I assumed, based on what I know now, she fucked him stupid. Well. In fact, I actually got hard. Oh, good God. I'm joking. I'm just trying to agree with you now. Yeah. I appreciate it. In fact, I actually heard her shouting deeper, deeper, deeper. (laughs) And then she climaxed, quivering all over the shop. All over the shop. Were they in a shop? It's just a phrase, isn't it? It's an old man phrase. Sure. I mean, it's sexy. Yeah. She then stared into the man's face. <laughs> Not into his eyes, into his face. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole the whole face. face. <laughs> she then stared into the man's face and began to choke him with her bare hands. What the fuck is going on? She appeared to be killing him. 
I had gone from being a very happy onlooker to being shit scared and wanting to leave. But I found myself riveted to my spot on the footpath. Can I tell you oh something? My God. Here's what's happened. Just as a prediction. Mm-hmm. Halfway through Dad writing the story, I've called him up and said, by the way, it needs to be crime-related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's, it's certainly <laughs> taken a turn very quickly. Yeah, it's taken a pivot. I also like that he's he's used a comma for dramatic effect, but he's used it incorrectly because he's put a space and then the comma and then no space before the next word. Oh, right. So it's an interesting you know choice. Sure, sure. Uh, it means it means a lot or nothing. Yeah. He appeared to have stopped moving and vanished from sight. The lady then stood once more, putting her skimpy nightdress on, bent over where I imagined the man was lying and it looked as though she was slightly leaning over and dragging the man towards her back door. Didn't he vanish already? Oh, wait, did he slip? Vanish from sight, so I guess he was a slip down. He slipped down. She, she didn't, like, choke him and then he teleported away? No. Okay. No, it's not sci-fi. Come Good. on. Something very bad had happened and <laughs> yep. was still happening. Yeah, this story. What the fuck am I going to do? Your dad. I've always been an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> <laughs> so I did what I thought was the most sensible yet exciting thing. I ran down the side of her house and crept towards an old shed that stood in the rear corner of her garden. I made a dash. Unfortunately, the door was unlocked. The shed was used for storing coal in those terrible winters. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, a, very specific... Very Thatcher-esque. <laughs> You're on your own. Heat yourself. <laughs> All good, or so I thought. From inside, I peered from a small window, having an unimpeded view to her back door. The door, as I had anticipated, awkwardly opened. How does the door awkwardly open? I don't know, it's like not sure whether it wants to. (laughs) The first thing I saw was the lady bent over. Oh. She was dragging the man who was on his back, appearing unconscious or dead. From my vantage point, (laughs) and with the light that was coming from inside the house, the woman's private parts... Minge and arse <laughs> were literally staring me right in the face. Sure. At the same time? <laughs> yeah. she's That's an interesting... Uh, maybe she's like a Picasso drawing. Oh, she's right. She's got you know, an arse and minge on the front. Like a sexual Guernica. Can we also not say minge? It's like... Ugh. Is minge short for something? In fact, I reckon I could see what she had for breakfast. Oh, Can we... Oh. Do you want to delve in... Yeah, I, what? I'm just... Which... Okay, first so of all... you going to guess what she had for breakfast? Well, no, no, I'm guessing... <laughs> what I'm trying to... Because we've got... Usually. Both holes are on display. Yeah. Through which hole are we viewing the breakfast? Ah, uh, well, it can't be the minge. Well, it's the end of the day, which means it's passed from one to the other. If you anything... You eat through your vagina. No, but I'm saying chronologically... Ah, oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't gone from one to the other, Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I just, I mean, I feel like we are we are well and truly within the fiction of the story. Okay, yeah, me, yeah, me too. Which You're means kind of off the hook a little bit. I'm safer now. Yes, it's clearly bullshit. Yeah. Also, you'd like to hope. Yeah. See, you're now doing what I do. You self-rationalise. It isn't actually anything to do with your dad, and um, it? it's all just made up. And building walls. Anyway, out she came, pulling, sweating, twisting, and mumbling profanities. Oh. Then I saw it, a sight that has left me scarred. The guy had the biggest fat hard-on <laughs> I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Oh, fat. Is he dead? Or is it fat. He, he's unconscious. If you die with a hard-on, yeah. do you have a hard-on forever? Well, you know when the wind changes and your expression is kept that way. 
Is it like that with the Schwanz? I don't know because, like, how long does rigor mortis take to kind of set in? Like, is it instantaneous? <sighs> well, if is okay. it kind of you do become kind of hard quite quickly, don't you? Like your whole body when you die. I think so, but you, I mean, if you die with an erection, the blood. I, I don't think that's embarrassing. I mean, that's why they call them stiffs. Maybe every guy would love to die with a semi, just you know, for the. With a, a semi autopsy, just to you know, be more impressive. So yeah, the biggest fat hard on I'd ever seen. It was twenty inches high. Twenty inches. I mean, come on, <laughs> glistening in the night, illuminated by the moon and house lights. It was massive in girth as well. Thank you. The diameter of a Valencia orange. Uh, how big's a Valencia? Uh, for three, four inches. I don't know what a Valencia orange is. A Valencia is like uh. Let's just go on a regular. I mean. An orange. An They're orange. quite big. But an orange is big. A Valen- I think a Valencia is like your big orange. Fucking hell. Now, it's I, like the circumference of the Valencia orange. I would have said... Sa- the girth of his penis. I would have said like, like a... You want like a Satsuma? That's like that. That's big. Isn't it? Like a Satsuma... Yeah, right, exactly. Like a Mandarin. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't matter what fruit it is. The point is it's too big. <laughs> it's clearly too big. 20 inches high. Tw- <laughs> I mean, come on, John. Um, it was now pretty certain that the lady had killed the man by strangulation. Sure. Totally fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I had witnessed my first murder, possibly <laughs> by misadventure, but still murder. Sure. The almost naked lady then dragged the poor man, stiff and stiff, into the centre of the yard. She glanced over at the shed and I had to hide, but where? And then sat in the corner, motionless. <laughs> <laughs> the door to the shed slowly opened all of a sudden she looked over in my direction and said you can come out John what fuck she knew my name strangely I felt super horny and I stood up and glanced down at the fairly impressive bulge in my pants fairly impressive bulge in his pants congratulations John <laughs> which orange is <laughs> yeah, exactly it's not a kumquat is it um, so John did you see everything I stuttered for a second and I was about to answer but she came closer to me and without missing a beat she grabbed my cock and balls oh god squeezed ever so gently oh god and pulled me towards the door we walked outside the house and I reluctantly glanced towards the man who was lying motionless in the garden. Penis still rock hard. <laughs> fuck me. Don't make eye contact. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes do that to fuck off the other two. Sorry. I'm getting way too comfortable in here. I'm like just reading it as if it's my dad's book. Yeah. Fuck me, I thought. This guy is a life-size puppet with no strings attached. Is he referring to himself in third person? <laughs> no, I think the, the dead guy. But the dead Okay. Okay. He's like a marionette. Oh, sure. Which is what a life-size puppet with no strings is. I mean, it's not actually. It's got strings and it's not life-size. So <laughs> ignore what I just said. I'm drunk. Oh, my God. You've got me drunk. It's like, the wine's it, just hit me. What just, time is it? We've just crested midday. <laughs> on a fucking Monday, On a Jeremy. Monday. Oh, my God. Don't. Okay. Um, and I'm reading pornography. This is the best day ever. Okay. Fuck me, I thought. This guy's a life-size puppet with no strings attached. Yeah. And Rosemary, not her real name. He's already protecting people's identity, which means it is real. You think? If he's has it, if he's having to protect her identity by giving her an alien, uh, by giving her an alias, 
Yeah. But how much of his police career do you think is a result of like trying to make up for this miscarriage of justice? Because <laughs> if he doesn't report He could this, have saved the man. Well, yeah, he was there. He basically kind of killed the puppet by not doing anything. Do you think he could have stopped this from happening? Yes. He was too horny. He wasn't such, yeah, such a dirtbag. Disgusting. Dad, you're revolting. <sighs> and Rosemary, not her real name, had actually carved this wooden man. Painted him in high gloss enamel. What? Especially his knob. What? Presumably to facilitate easy entry and exit during coitus. What? It's, sorry, sorry, sorry. 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 Oh my god, so it literally is it's... a life-size puppet with no strings. Wait, hang on. Is this a retcon? So is the guy... She strangled him. Is he a puppet? He's a puppet. Is she a, like a sex geppetto? <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening? Oh my god. You know what this is? This is magical realism. Mm. It's like the, when when you die... You is he b- going to turn into a real boy? Well, you have to... Well, I mean, let's find out. Yeah. And I guess one major benefit was that he was always hard. Sure. You just got to get him to lie to adjust the length. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 totally. Um, and it was called the wooden... The wooden boy. Boy. The wooden boy? Bo- the, the wooden lady. Sure. Hang on. What? Oh, this is weird. Um, anyway. And... Anyway, I was so hard by now, presuming that we were going to fuck, that I reckon I could have hung 30 wet beach towels over my cock. <laughs> I'm just going to carry on. Wet. The weight. The wet. Yeah. The wet. <laughs> so strong. Yeah. So much blood. Sure enough, in we went, right into the lounge room where not 30 minutes previously she had fucked the puppet stupid. Rosemary then disrobed, sat on the sofa, parted her legs, revealing herself unashamedly to me. By now I was delirious. Suddenly she threw me an object which I caught. It was best described as a latex brick. Brick? (laughs) And upon further inspection, I realised it was a latex vagina. Wow. I mean, what? This is about the 70s. This is way ahead of time. Is this the origin of the fleshlight? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck it. And she said to me, Take the towels off first. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Hang them up properly. Fuck it, she said to me. And so I lost my virginity that night to a prosthetic vagina. Well, that's not losing your virginity. No, it's not. Lose your virginity to a prosthetic vagina. No, it's my first sex was my hand. It's the same (laughs) thing. (laughs) (laughs) and so i lost my virginity that night to a prosthetic vagina while she spread eagled on the sofa playing with herself she came i came well good and the puppet in the yard he just lay there (laughs) smiling at the moon is that it that's it can i just say there's a few problems with this very good is it is it good i thought it was quite good i mean first of all the wooden lady not a thing no she wasn't wooden no and how does he know the puppet's smiling if they're in the next room? <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe it was always smiling. Oh, sure. Just sm- I mean, because puppets don't change their facial expression. It's an assumption. Last I saw it, it was smiling. Um, I mean, ha- that was less confronting than I thought. And better written than my dad's stuff. But is the better writing a problem? Do you want... Yeah, ba- it makes it more real. It makes it ickier. Do you know what I think? You know what's funny is I actually... I suspect the first third of that is completely true. Oh, yeah. Like, the stuff about the TV set, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think he probably watched someone... I think it was all true. Really? I mean, that just that, that, that just changes my 
worldview. So what, you think it stopped being true? What? So he saw a sex show, basically. I think think. he saw two people have sex and she pulled the 90 off and they had sex. But I don't think he went back and she, like, both her orifices were displayed at the same time. and he didn't have a 20-inch high penis. That's just ridiculous. And what's funny is the penis didn't come into play later on. No, if you're going to describe it, use it for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yep. Yeah. But do you know what? For a first attempt at erotica, I'd say it's poor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, have you... But it's not about the quality, it's about having a go. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls at home, if you want to write an erotic novel, just have a go. Just do it. You know, why not? And on a serious note, Mm. that is what's great about my dad. He just wrote it, didn't care what people thought, but still doesn't care what people think of it. And there's something quite... Quite inspirational about that. He just wanted to do something and he just got off his ass and he did it. But when your dad wrote the stories, did he anticipate an audience? Because I know that dad no. didn't... Because dad didn't solve crimes in the hopes that one day he'd be talking about yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Hang on, you're going to run out of crimes. Are you worried about that? Ah, but I was going to ask you the same question. You're ah. going... Because you already technically ran out of stories that he wrote before he got famous. Yes, that's true, yes. Now, have you noticed a like a, like a difference in writing style? Yes. In what there respe- is a difference. In what respect? Um... He's more confident. Sure. I mean, um, the the latest season starts with Belinda being hauled back from... From heaven. From heaven. <laughs> yeah. I mean... So some people think it's ridiculous, but he was always ridiculous. Like he wrote about, like I said, Blue Seaman before anyone was listening to it. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, but I like reading them now because I feel like he knows that people are listening to it, but he doesn't know why they like it. Okay. So there's a kind, so the naivety is still there, but he's trying extra hard, gotcha. which I think is even funnier yeah, in okay. a weird way. Okay. Um, and actually, the story's pretty good now. I it, mean, I mean, it's not, but you know, compared to what it was, that that, there's, that stuff's happening, and yeah. there are some shocks. It's know. it's gen- it's, a, it's a it's a genuinely good listen, and for loose units listeners, if you've not heard my dad wrote a porno, oh yeah, you must listen to it. What the fuck are you doing with your lives? <laughs> and it's not that disgusting. I mean, it is quite d- dirty, but. You know, but it's, it's great. mainly, you know. And one of the reasons we wanted to do this is because it's two people whose dads tell horrifying stories, horrifying for different reasons. Mm. And so we got together and necked a bottle of a wine called Quickie. Quickie. With an exclamation mark. I love that. And, uh, and it's been, I mean, it's been great. Have you had a good time? I've loved it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for it's coming. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Is a dreadful double entendre. <laughs> uh, and it's been, it's been absolutely lovely. And yeah, make sure you listen to my dad read a porno. If you're not listening to Loose Units, well, well I mean, you literally are. You are right now. Dad, if you're listening to this, which I know you are because you listen to your own show, which is the height of hubris, <laughs> uh, then please don't write any. Jay, do you have anything you want to say to my dad? Before I, we go? I would just say, John, like, that was a really good effort. Genuinely was a good effort. Right. It was interesting. It was kind of dramatic. Mm. It went places. We were shocked. Sure. Had twists. Yep. I think solid effort. Go, John. Excellent. But if you're going to put it like a massive, like Valencia-sized phallus in a story, use it. <laughs> yeah. I get. Uh, you know what? I guess it did get used off camera, so to speak. Yeah, and also, you know, maybe he was going to save it for later. You know, sure. I mean, for There's later. A whole book here. Yeah. This is just the start. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.